Welcome to Medicus, a student-run podcast about any and all things in the world of medicine. Follow along as we interview outstanding individuals about important topics in healthcare. Hi everyone, this is Emily. Today we have our third short reading list episode. Medicus team members will share some of their favorite books and other content from the medical world. We wanted to share them with you now, that is, right in time for the holidays. We hope that you have a happy, relaxing holiday season and will have some time to check out our great recommendations. Hello everyone, my name is John. My recommendation for you would be a book called Good Reasons for Bad Feelings, Insights from the Frontier of Evolutionary Psychology by a psychiatric physician and professor, Dr. Randolph M. Nessie. Most of medicine recognizes symptoms such as pain and cough as protective defenses and carefully distinguishes them from the disorders that arouse them. In psychiatry, by contrast, extremes of emotion such as anxiety and low mood are characterized as disorders irrespective of any situation that might be arousing them. There's little room for nuance in terms of diagnosis. However, just like a cough or acute pain, anxiety and low moods were shaped to give our bodies advantages in certain situations. Unfortunately, the genes that govern these moods were shaped over millennia to maximize gene transmission, not health or longevity. This is the basic premise posed by Dr. Nessie and good reasons for bad feelings. I think the concepts discussed in this book, for medically and non-medically geared people alike, is fundamental in shaping how we should think about why humans experience such an array of good and bad emotions. Everyone knows that we feel pain for a reason. If the sensory nerve endings in my foot suddenly pick up a sharp sensation, that impulse will interact with my brain which will tell my foot to flee from the stimulus immediately. When I notice a bear in the periphery of my vision, signals are sent to my adrenal gland to unload a boatload of cortisol and epinephrine, which advantageously kicks in my fight or flight response disadvantageously, and for some more than others, this can lead to a chronic stress response. This is just one example of a generic mechanism of avoiding danger that is ingrained several thousand times throughout the human genome, including the genes implicated in our mood and resultant behavior. We are shaped to behave in ways that increase our number of offspring, even if that decreases our happiness or lifespan. From an evolutionary standpoint, our emotions were designed to benefit our genes far more than they were designed to benefit us. Nonetheless, Dr. Nessie proposes that approaching extremes of emotion and behavior through a lens of Darwinian phenomena can give us powerful insight into how we in medicine treat these patients. Particularly, in the setting of cognitive behavioral therapy, this book can be beneficial in that Dr. Nessie emphasizes the often erroneous and pervasive propensity to ignore the effects of situations and to attribute problems to an individual's characteristics. And more than that, their inherent genetic underpinnings that were meticulously designed to augment fitness. Not only can these insights help develop our clinical and interpersonal skills, they can also help the everyday person gain a better understanding of their own psyche. Ever since that sunny day when I strolled into the Chicago Public Library, I'm glad it was good reasons for bad feelings that I stumbled upon, because it's become one of my favorite reads. Go check it out. Hey everyone, it's Isabel here, and I'm so excited to be back on the podcast for another book list episode. For my recommendation, I am choosing The House of God by Samuel Shem. 
It is a classic, and it was published originally in 1978 and has arguably stood the test of time. For those who haven't heard of it, it's been described as Catch-22, but with stethoscopes, and I think that is the perfect way to describe it. It's really a book about the struggle of medical training, and it strips away the prestige and the status and the ego uh, that sometimes comes along with the profession. And I think that's what makes it so unique. It's one of the few works that I've encountered that really manages to encapsulate the complicated relationship that physicians and physicians in training can have with the medical field. I don't think I've encountered anything else that speaks so honestly or so bodily bodily about medicine and the angst that comes with it. One of my favorite things about writing and stories is when you encounter something that manages to articulate a feeling that you might not have even consciously considered yourself to feel. And I felt that when I read this book because it really puts its finger on the fatigue and the kind of desperate humor that emerges from that fatigue for folks who are pursuing this career. Something that's said about one of my favorite cities in the world is that you have to love it to hate it. And I think that many people in the medical field maybe feel a similar way about the profession. And I think that can be a really complicated thing to explain to people, especially people who might be outside of the bubble. But this book achieves that. And it also speaks to the complexity that comes with living that. So all in all, I think it's a must read, even though it's not for the faint of heart. There are themes in this book that definitely mark it as a product of its time, so that is a word of warning, but I do think that it's a valuable read. Overall, I highly recommend giving it a try. This is Emily. I would like to recommend the Hulu show called Dope Sick. I will first briefly summarize the show, and then I will explain why I highly recommend it. Dopesick was released in the fall of 2021, and it is about the United States opioid epidemic. It is based on the nonfiction book, Dopesick, Dealers, Doctors, and the Drug Company that Addicted America by Beth Macy. In the show, we see how Dr. Phoenix, a family medicine physician who treats his patients with pain, is dramatically affected by the half-truths spread by the Purdue Pharmaceutical Company about their drug, OxyContin. The show demonstrates how the opioid epidemic wreaked havoc on the lives of hardworking people, including physicians such as Dr. Phoenix, who had the best intentions of wanting to help others. Simultaneously, viewers learn how the Sackler family and Purdue Pharma rose to power and how multiple governmental agencies such as the FDA and the U.S. Department of Justice dealt with the ongoing conflicts of interest and increasing rates of opioid overdoses and deaths. I watched this show during my fourth year of medical school, and I loved it for multiple reasons. For one, Dopesick was extremely informational and riveting. I had learned about the opioid epidemic previously, throughout med school and while exploring my own interest in this topic, but I learned something new with each episode. I could not stop watching this show. Secondly, Dopesick was very profound and thought-provoking, 
I think due to the combination of its stellar acting, thoughtful storyline, and meaningful character development. Third, I found this show to be very inspiring. I left watching it wanting to learn the best and most ethical pain management practices for my future patients. I highly recommend Dopesick for these reasons, but know that you will likely not want to stop watching it and you might shed a tear or two along the way. Hi, Medicus listeners, Rasa here, and today I'd like to recommend a couple podcasts to you that I think you'll really enjoy listening to and learn a lot from. So the first podcast I'd like to recommend is called Spoonful of Sugar. It's hosted by a ton of medical students all over the country, and it's a podcast made by students for students to, quote-unquote, help the medicine go down. It was started by a medical student at Drexel University, who really saw a need to have a podcast focused on board prep material. So each episode really centers around one key concept, such as mood disorders. And then what they do is they kind of go through a question-answer format, so really pausing and allow you to think. And they also incorporate a lot of different clinical vignettes. Now, as the original creator of the podcast progressed in her medical journey and is now a resident, She has focused a lot more on creating episodes that are more relevant for your clinical clerkships. And so I think this is an overall great podcast for medical students who want to engage with medical school material when they're not on the clock studying. The second podcast I'd like to recommend to you is called The White Coat Investor. Now, my hope is that a lot of you had heard about this podcast because it's really huge. It was started by an emergency medicine physician And the whole business actually started out as a blog. And then he started writing some books, started this podcast. And really the goal of this podcast is to help high-income professionals like physicians get a quote-unquote fair shake on Wall Street. He covers topics such as student loan repayment, insurance, mortgages, tax breaks, and just personal finance. I think it's really important because we don't get this education in medical school and we will be in a position to do a lot of good with our money for ourselves, our families, friends, and the entire community. So we want to make sure that we're maximizing the returns and really understanding the way that the financial system in the United States works. I know this might not be everyone's cup of tea, but it is really important. So I highly encourage you to take a listen. Hello everyone, my name is Deborah, and I'm so excited to share with you all about this funny physician and content creator. His name is Dr. Glockenflecken, or Dr. Will Feneri, who is a board-certified ophthalmologist. He creates hilarious skit series, including med students' first day of family medicine, neurology, and other specialties, how to ace your residency interview, and his most recent one, 30 Days of U.S. Healthcare. I like how he brings in different perspectives and insights from each specialty for the general public and raises awareness of important themes, including the mental health of rural communities and the dark side of the U.S. insurance system. I can guarantee you that after watching a few of his skits, not only will you start laughing, but you also start nodding your head like a Jonathan, if you know what I mean. He recently started two podcasts called Knock Knock High, the Glockum Fleggins, in which he and his wife interview various members of the medical field. 
He has also created another podcast called Not Like I to share his enthusiasm about ophthalmology and eye-related problems. I hope you all take a peek at what he has to offer and laugh along. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. This wouldn't be possible without the support from our listeners. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We appreciate donations to help fund the production of this podcast. To support us, go to medicuspodcast.com, where you can additionally find show notes, links, and information about our guests. We are at Medicus Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you have any questions, comments, or episode suggestions, please submit them on our website. This podcast is intended for general information purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine. No patient-doctor relation is formed, and the content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Views and opinions are their own and do not represent any organization.